Hi everyone, I'm Josh. And I'm Jim. And this is The Dapper Meeple. This show is about our love of gaming, the games we play, and the gaming community around this passion. So pull up a chair, put on your Dapper Meeple hat, and join us at the table. Hey kids, remember, this is an adult podcast and may contain adult language. Also, Dapper Meeple hat, not required. Hey, do you like custom accessories for your TTRPG game? So do we. Today we're going to have Rose and Nick on from Fire and Ash. They make laser engraved wooden creations from dice towers to tokens. The stuff they make looks great, and we're going to talk to them. They also have a Kickstarter that is live right now, and you should go check that out. We'll also talk to Rose about one of her favorite D&D characters, Lazo Ishara, in our Know Your Character segment. And then we'll finish up with our crowdfunding roundup. All that and more on this episode of the Dapper Meeple. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, we are getting another treat. As you all know, we did go to Gen Con this year. It was our first time. It was an absolute blast from the beginning to the end. When they say the best four days in gaming, uh, they mean it. Uh, while we were there, if you've been watching our Instagram, you saw that I got a box. Uh, I was able to open it up, and it was one of the Hidden Book Dice Towers. Beautiful, beautiful uh, just piece of artwork. Uh, there was the videos of opening up, testing it out. That came from Gen Con. While we were fortunate enough to be with the guys over at VA Games, they were taking us around and introducing us to people. And we met Rose, who does just amazing work to begin with. The custom work that she did on this, like we showed this to everybody now. It's got our logo on it. So um, I would like to welcome uh, Rose and Nick. They are the duo behind uh, Fire and Ash, which is a Etsy shop. Uh, we will have the link in the description. So you guys can check that out. But uh, Rose and Nick, welcome to the Dapper Meeple. Hey, yeah, it's really great to be here. It was wonderful to meet you at Gen Con and to stay connected like this. So, Yeah, thanks. So what we normally do in the show, we talk about the gamer pedigree, which is just where you came from. I know Josh kind of found his way to where we are now through uh, Magic the Gathering. I actually started in Dungeons Dragons 2nd Edition, so I'm old. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we want to hear about you guys. Uh, how did you find your way to where we are now? Yeah. You want to start? Uh, sure. Um, we have been nerds at heart since we first met. Uh, back in college, we were in a Dungeons and Dragons group, and eventually I had to drop out because we couldn't find a babysitter yeah. <laughs> uh, to take care of our daughter. So that was 11. Yeah, 11 years ago. 11 yep. years wow. ago. Um, yeah, and then it's just been, TTRPGs have been our focus and our love, and then one day I, uh, bought a laser. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you say that, because it's like, I bought a laser, and it could be crafts, or it could be an evil plan, so. Well, (laughs) it started as one and moved to the other, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to take over the world. It's hard to make money with evil plans. Um, lots of steps in between. Yeah. But yeah, I bought a laser and I, uh, I basically thought, Hey, I'm sure I can use this to do something. I I really did. We just bought it as a piece of, of equipment and I figured I can start a business. And I just thought like, what do we know really well that has like a really good community so that when we jump into it, we'll be able to like, have 
support and not a bunch of people saying like, why are you making this dumb stuff? And it would be more of like, oh, wow, we can make something that really speaks to people and make something that's custom that people want in their community and then are talking about. Right. Yeah. Because I wanted to be able to make something that that people talked about. So we actually, um, I started out with, I, I made a Dune spice rack. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I totally approve. One of my favorite like books. Spice, it just like, instead of the bottom, the spice must flow. And <laughs> yep. That was, that was fun. I did uh, Pokemon bathroom tiles for a while. So like a little, a little tile and it had a Pikachu and it's like, lock the door so no one can Pikachu. <laughs> or I had fantastic. one that was, oh, it was, I have to go pee. <laughs> was that, was it Squirtle? Yeah. I do know some Pokemon. Right. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> it's Togepi. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He, okay, so he completely, he's he's old enough where he completely missed the Pokemon craze. Oh, so, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's okay. I got you, though. 90s kid. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I made I made a dice tower for myself, and I put it up on Etsy, and I made $2,000, and I was like, I guess I do this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was just absolutely amazing to, to put up a dice tower. It, was, it had um, Wheel of time design to it yeah yeah i saw okay. some of that on the etsy shop which looked amazing um it, yeah. it is not my best design <laughs> yeah really i love so the, far from there oh i love the, there was one on the etsy shop it was the the drink holder and like the dice tray mixed in with it oh, and as yeah. soon as i saw it i was like hey is that and i had to read it and i was like oh absolutely and i love that one that would look really cool i liked it yeah that was actually that was the standout hit from the first one because it's like actually the the like ouroboros wheel mm-hmm. um that yeah it looks sick yeah 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 yeah. so yeah that one turned out that turned out really good but it just it was received so well that i basically i I used to be a tax accountant um so that (laughs) happened and i uh i'm not anymore and it's wonderful (laughs) so so you've transitioned where this is your full-time job yes awesome awesome Yeah. yeah i still use a bunch of that tax accounting background um you know, like all of the business knowledge that I, I had to study through four years of college and eight years of working in that industry. industry yeah. yeah. It's been very helpful, but uh, it's it's just so wonderful to know that like now I'm creating something and I get to build things and, and do product design and, and I get to use just so many more skills. Right, yeah. right. And you get to go like talk to people at conventions and have people tell you you're a genius, and uh, you know there, there's a huge amount of validation in the whole thing. It's like, like when you said you targeted the the TTRPG community because they're so I, I don't know, targeted them sounds like kind of evil. But, I was gonna uh, say it's it's evil plan bleed over. It's okay. Those to serve. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just because there's so much support there, right? Like TTRPG people love TTRPG people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know that is one of the things that we talk about a lot. And one of the big things that drew us into this is there, uh, there is a community around, you know, there's an overall community in the gaming world. And then you find your little bubbles of influence, you know, and for the most part, most of them seem to be good people. And we just want to share a hobby together. You know, um, I did read, I was looking over the Etsy shop and uh, Rose, when you talk about 
um, what you love about you know Dungeons and Dragons specifically is you know it is a group that comes together and you share adventure sitting around a table. What about you, Nick? Did you just decide that you're like, yep, I'm coming along for the ride? What else? <laughs> uh, definitely a large amount of coming along for the ride. Um, I I love games like to the end of the earth, right? Uh, but I actually didn't play any TTRPGs or any D and D, any of that sort of stuff until very like like kind of really late actually um like we played in that little uh little group in college uh that lasted for a couple of weeks but it was yeah a couple of weeks in game a couple of weeks in, yeah there we go oh that's a couple weeks in game probably six to seven months yeah that sounds about right <laughs> yeah yeah um but we like i i have i have actually been pretty anti uh ttrpg for a while it felt really silly to like sit down and to roll dice and like there's a lot of sitting and waiting time but there's actually like some real magic to it right like right. there's the like especially when you get into the role playing end of things i've always like i well, initially i treated it as like a combat simulator yep and i i mean no disrespect but even the crunchier ones are not a great combat simulator like the really yeah. cool thing about about ttrpgs is that you get to embody a character and then see how they interact with each other and like improv on the spot. And that that's wildly interesting. to me. That's so much freaking fun. Yes. There's a lot of people that we've introduced this to. Um, we kind of do a learn to play session where mm. like we're pretty open about what we do. Um, and I've had a lot of people like come up to me at work and they'd be like, hey, man, I hear you know about the D&Ds. And I was like, <laughs> hey, you got you got those games? Yeah. You got those games, man? <laughs> Come on, come on over. Come into the fold, right? Um, and some of them do. A lot of them, they feel like their first interaction with it is looking at it, like you said, like a combat simulator. They're mm -hmm. like, where are we going to fight? And I was like, hold on a second. You're in a tavern. And they're like, what? Yeah. Why? Why are yeah. you going to fight? And, and like, really, it is the why that's the cool part about it, right? Like, yeah. what does my character care about enough to, like, physically harm something else? Right. Right. What am I willing to fight for? Which, I mean... Honestly, yeah. is uh, you know, I think that's one of those questions that everyday people are like, you know, what's what's really important to me? But you get to play it out in a whole nother world with a whole nother set of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know anybody uh, that has it with their first character. It's really just a version of them and their favorite superhero. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's 100 uh, percent. I still have a character that's basically just that. Uh, like I, I have a character that is literally just a run, punch, kick, like can do anything, go anywhere. And then he's just an annoying goblin, like just. <laughs> yeah. And it lets me just do an annoying voice at the table and then I don't have to do any other thinking. That, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> the voice. Uh, for, I know for some people, they're like, I'm not doing silly voices. And by your third session, you're like, I'm going to talk like this the whole time. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Straight yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um we also play Dungeons and Dragons with our kids. Well, we play yeah. a bunch of we play a bunch of different games with our kids. <laughs> yeah. But um I just really like using TTRPGs as like a learning tool also, just especially yeah. because we're parents and so we can do that very very often. But it's it's such a great tool to teach like self-advocacy, creative problem-solving skills like there's so many different avenues and I've seen it a lot more. Right. Um, and now that we've gotten deeper into the community where people are, 
people are actually using it as a form of therapy. Yes. Yeah. Like professionals mm-hmm. are. And I yeah. just think that that's wonderful. And it, it, it went, <laughs> that has come so far since the eighties. Like Nick's, yeah. Nick's parents, let me, oh man. Yeah. When my you, parents are still like uh, oh, a satanic panic. Oh uh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Try to explain to your in-laws that like, I'm no longer a tax accountant. Now I make dice towers. <laughs> They're like, why can't you just roll it in the box lid? I'm like, there is no box lid. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, they're one of those people, but how do you win the game? No, that's not, that's not what it is. Yeah. yeah. We haven't done that since the 80s, right? Man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, back when it was actually just a combat simulator and a bunch yeah. of guys mostly white guys hanging around digging this up you know i we talk about all the time like how far the ttrpg table has come um and yeah uh you talk about uh critical role and dimension 20 and all these groups that have now made it cool so (laughs) yeah yeah. you know um our our mother she lives with me um she moved in a couple years ago one of the things, or when I bought my house, we built a gaming table yeah. to sit and play games at. And it's mm-hmm. like you remove the top and it's got like the TV in there for maps for oh, key wonderful. RPGs. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, but I remember being a child and, you know, hearing our parents talk about like, oh, well, that's the devil. You know, <laughs> people like there's one person that controls the whole thing. And now that we play, it's like. Uh, yeah that one person's hurting cats man (laughs) on the best of days (laughs) on the best of days there's been plenty of games where we've come to the table and we're like uh, we kind of co-dm one of them and we're like yeah do do you know what we're doing today no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I heard it once where it's uh it was explained the dm gets to decide if it's a caper like what the adventure is and if it's a caper but the players get to decide the soundtrack and if it's the pink panther or if it's mission impossible or that's yeah. excellent yeah 100 yeah, yeah. You, you never know if your your players are going to be like the fellowship of the ring or monty python so yep. yeah yeah and it, on the best like i have i have found that for the best groups you have one week where you're monty pythoning and one week where you're like straight up going to destroy the ring absolutely yeah. yeah 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 I, I've I've had people cry at my table, not because they were hurt or anything, um, <laughs> but like the role play happened and like they were in it. And there's this moment where it, it's as big and as epic as any movie you've ever watched, any game you've ever played, any book you've ever read, where you just get hit with it. And people that haven't done it yet um, don't quite get it. But once you get into it, you know, Nick, like you said, uh yeah, you find you find your place and you find out like, oh, wow, this is why they do this yeah. kind of thing. So talk to me about the shop. First of all, Fire and Ash, where did you guys come up with the name? <laughs> yeah, we've set some fires. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the truth. We wanted to pay homage to um, the process that we were using to... Um, to make our products. So yeah. we make all wood products mm-hmm. and we use a laser to make all of them. Um, so we really are playing with fire. Right. And we have set things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> by, like by accident, if I get the settings wrong, then there is a flame and we're like, oh, crap, 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 and hit the button and yeah, and take it out and like there's embers and yeah, I don't know. We have some good pictures. There was one night we had uh, we had Rose's brother up here staying with us, and he ran downstairs to do laundry. And he comes up and he's like, "Hey, so 
it's on fire. I was like, well, turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's excellent, especially when you're doing something like this in the house. You know, uh, I can only imagine, again, people that don't know or haven't been part of it. It's like, is this normal? Yeah. (laughs) It's suboptimal, I'll tell you that. (laughs) There has been times that people have come over and they're like, I smell something burning. And I'm like, if I can't smell it, it's fine. Once I can smell it. (laughs) (laughs) That's when it becomes a problem. Or um, you guys have seen our business cards, right? The token that we yes. have? Yes. Yeah, well, um, a lot of times people will come and they just love the smell of the products. And they'll come and be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It smells so good. It smells like a campfire. And I'll, I'll grab a token and I'll say, here you go, free snips. Because the business card also smells like a campfire. Fantastic. And they'll say, oh, wow, this is just lovely. Sometimes, every once in a while, I'll get someone who's like, don't you just love this smell? And I'm like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't, I can't smell it anymore. <laughs> we, uh, so Rose, we met, uh, you were, uh, I can't remember, did you, were you with the flag bearer guys at Gen Con? Is that? Yeah. Um, yes. There had been a snafu with the original booth that I was with and flag bearers are just absolutely amazing people mm-hmm. and we had worked on a collaboration project yes I, I had been a tier reward on their recent kickstarter and so they were able to take me in and give me a little bit of space to work with and just absolutely be the heroes of my gen con it was amazing but yeah, yeah. yeah. flag bearer games is who i was with they're fantastic they they are um for people that are listening we have talked about their kickstarter uh when it uh started out and it was a Fifth edition, uh, kind of revolutionary, that time period, uh, like American Revolution, in case we do have any uh, international listeners. Uh, But it's a fifth edition setting that takes place right there. It is one of the best settings that I've seen for Black Powder. Oh, yeah. Black Powder rules are amazing. Right? Uh, Bringing firearms into a campaign. Uh, So, matter of fact, uh, when we first found them, we had known them. We'd run into them at PAX. They know the guys over at BA Games. Um, and one of the first things they showed us, they were like, oh, have you guys seen this? And they pulled out one of the hidden book uh, dice towers. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, and they were like, here, like, look at this. And then, you know, they're like, here's my favorite part. Smell this. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's where we were like, we were like, oh, that's awesome. And then uh, Josh is like, you think they could put a meeple on it? I was like, I'm sure they could. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's the cool thing. Like, we uh, maybe I shouldn't brag about this because customs are where we wind up getting, like, too much work and bogged <laughs> down. But, like, yeah, we, we can basically do anything on those books because the laser will just, like, if you have an image, we can put it on it. One of the problems that we've had um, since we started this podcast is any sort of stuff we want to do. Um, our logo is a little bit complicated, we've been told, uh, just because there's multiple colors and stuff on it. Um, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, the... We uh, sent you the design, and like we waited, we hadn't seen anything until we got it uh, delivered. And I mean, opening that and looking at it again for listeners, it's on our Instagram. You have to go take a look at this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exactly what we wanted because we were talking about it after. We're like, mm-hmm. did we did we give her enough detail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of the things that we were like. We only talked to her for like five minutes. I'm sure she got it. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, so it very it much the vision. You guys shared the vision so well. I, I, I had it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said, it just, it came out perfect. Um, 
everybody we've shown it to looks at it and they go, wow. And we're like, yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> just the front of it. Uh, one of the things that I, I mean, and for people, go on the Etsy site and look at some of the design. The The book looks, I mean, it's wooden, but like it looks like there's pages in it. Like the back design yeah. on it, the way that it opens, like everything is just so amazingly cool about this product. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have ours that we show it off. Um, you know, if, if we go to any game days or anything, it's like, if we're going to roll dice. We're going to pack this just in case. Yeah. So we'll take that with us. Um, but, but I mean, you do, I know a lot of dice towers is what I see on the site. Um, what other kind of things are you doing? Or are you interested in doing um, the, the health potions that I saw that token was um, like, I've been looking for a good health potion, something. So we just saw yeah. those. We're like, Oh, so yeah, those are amazing for people that need to go look at that. Yeah, the, the health potions are kind of a funny story. It was before one of our very first conventions. It was like, well, we need to have like a little something that you can just like pick up and grab for a buck, right? Um, and we, we found a way to do like a little glass potion that actually has liquid in it uh, that you can get no, no, for no. a dollar. Yeah? No, 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 no. They're not talking about, I didn't have those. Oh, uh, so, you're talking about the, oh, okay. the ones that actually have, have like the, how to, okay, go ahead. We have two sets of potions. Okay, tell us about um, them then. We're good. So I think that you're talking about the wooden health yeah. tokens on the Etsy website. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember you made those? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think they were as impressive as the little, okay, all right, cool. But then our, our kids actually, I bought these teeny tiny glass potions with little tiny corks and our kids help us make them like with Crayola paint and cotton balls and glitter and everything. So we throw those together every once in a while and we'll put them out when we have a bigger display. We didn't have them at Gen Con, but uh, we'll put them out when we have a bigger display just to be something that's small and fun. Cause we do try to also make our booth at conventions. We try to make our booth very kid friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the rules is please touch, like come up, roll on the dice, like mess with everything when you come see us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that as a, an adult. I can only imagine how much kids get into that. <laughs> we've, we've had some kids come back like three times in yeah. a day and they're, ki- they're like dragging their parent over. And I'm like, it's it's fine. You know, if you want to leave them, it's 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the small wooden tokens that you're talking about, those are um, some health potion tokens that we've yeah. made. We've also made um, some small... We call them combat tokens. Okay. So they're just like an they're like an inch big, and they have some really fun designs. Nick d- designed some dice monsters, and that is on one of our books as well, where it says "Roll for Initiative." But he mm-hmm. made like a D twenty with something that looks like a beholder, but is definitely not a beholder. Don't come at us. <laughs> <laughs> It has eleven eye stocks, so clearly, clearly not, yeah, yeah. clearly not. Any, yeah, any purist um, is going to know better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like a gelatinous cube D six, and and what else do we have? We have a. Uh, there are a couple like uh, fire and ice sprites trapped oh, yeah, inside and of some, some details. Yeah. Oh, so we put those on little tokens with numbers on them, so that you can have just a really easy battle map right. situation. If you don't have yeah. the right minis, we wanted people to have something easy. Where you're not putting for a long time, we used just random dice. So we'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm attacking the blue one. No, right. the other blue. No, the blue one that's on the number three. Yeah. And what we found is like, you know, they're all numbered, so you can have like these one-inch tokens out there. And then uh, we have an initiative tracker up that we like. You know, we have numbered uh, clothespins that we stick on, right? Uh, and it winds up being 
like really easy to use. But that sounds really good. I know. Again, as running games, uh, sometimes we'll be in the middle of planning, and it's like, uh, yeah, we don't have a mini for that. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to make something up as we go. And uh, yeah. we pulled yeah. a lot of things around the house, and they're like, what the hell is that? It's a mason jar. No, it's a dragon. You make it work. It's, it's a dragon now. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. I've had to use gummy bears before, so no shame. Yeah, but something oh, like and then that. You defeat them and you get to eat them. Yeah, yeah absolutely, one hundred percent. I don't know where they came from, but uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other just other products that are making. Uh, we try to do some products that are just like super practical, very very useful. We are also with our Kickstarter. Um, we are starting to do some more modules that fit inside our hollow book, um, our hollow books. Okay. So that yeah. you can switch out if you're not using a dice tower or you just prefer, you know, those rogues and their sneak attack. You got to throw like a whole handful of dice. So yeah, yeah totally understand. Yeah, uh, you throw a smite on to create with a paladin, and it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, you're rolling a fistful of dice. Absolutely. So, we made it so that the dice tower can come out and you can just roll into the tray, but then we wanted to have other useful things. So we, for the Kickstarter, we are adding a deck box, um, a divided organizing tray, and then a dice vault, which is very, very cool with that flexi wood. Yes. Um, very nice. And magnetic, and we've got tabs on it, and it's like foam lined on the inside and gorgeous. So... That, Very excited about those. That was one of the things, like I said, with our book that I liked, um, when you set the dice tower up, there is plenty of room in there. And even when you're packing it up, there's extra space in there and the lining in it is really nice. Like one of the reasons for the timing of you guys coming on too is the new Kickstarter. Um, so you want to tell us, uh, I mean, give us the details for uh, when it kicks off, what we're looking for. Um, you've told us a little bit about the products that are going to be in it. Um, yeah, like, like give us a spiel. Yeah. So uh, the Kickstarter is going to release on October 24th at 6 p.m. Okay. Um, anyone who backs in the first, I, I said 48 hours, and then I gave people like a 12-hour leeway. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyone who backs in the first two-plus days, uh, will they get 10% off. The art is by an artist that we met at a convention. Uh, he does murals all over the country. Um, his name is Brutal Bohemian, and his stuff is just absolutely gorgeous. Like a little bit. A little bit macabre. Um, it has a dragon skull on it with like a, a sword shoved through its head, and it looks so sick. I was going to say um, our group will be into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the inside tray, uh, we didn't use the uh, normal foam. We actually used a leatherette that engraves to gold. Ooh. So it, it's like a gold line tray, and every like different piece has has additional art on it, all from Brutal Bohemian. It's really cool stuff. Nice. So it's going to launch on the 24th. Uh, if you're yep. listening to this right now, that means that the Kickstarter is already hot. Uh, we're going to be releasing the episode, I think it's like the day after, 12 hours later. Um, so you don't even have to wait. Um, we'll have Go the, do it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Go find this yeah. right now. Like, like I said, we cannot say enough about how much I was impressed with this. I'm, I was usually, I don't, I never rolled a lot of dice towers. Um, uh, yeah, more like two-handed, let's just let it go. Um, but I really like packing this thing up and taking this with you and just uh, the quality of this book. I like, we cannot say enough about it's a real t like table pleaser. I like the thing that we get most commonly in our comments is like, I brought this my, uh, to my game night and everybody was just, wow. Like mm -hmm. this is, you got the coolest thing here. Like, I guess now we have to play the game too. <laughs> <laughs> everybody 
jealous. Yeah, there you go. For people that are listening, there's magnets in it uh, to keep the dice tower like up and against the back wall. I mean, then when you set it down, um, the magnets in the bottom keep it from moving around. So you've got the room to pl- uh, put stuff in and take with you, like minis or whatever you're going to be, maybe your dice. Uh, so yeah, uh, great product. Um, so the Kickstarter kicks off. Is this your first or second? Is this your second Kickstarter? This is our second Kickstarter. Okay. Um, and it's we're going much, much bigger with this one. We're hoping that we get uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 times as many people back in. Like we want to... We just want to get a lot more stuff out there. We found that Kickstarter is a really fun way to introduce uh, new art and to do and to create products for the first time. And the idea behind this one is uh, if we can get this one fully funded to well, yeah. fully funded to a certain level, we are looking to expand everything right now. Like we said, is in our house. And so we have people yeah. over and they can smell like the stuff engraving. <laughs> um and we're but, we're also kind of limited on space right now. Like it, it's kind of honestly, it's in our laundry room. Um, okay, and, yeah. Uh, we can only fit two lasers in there, and we want to be able to get a lot bigger. We we think we want to be doing you know five times as much production as we are currently, yeah. and that's just not going to fit in our space. So, really, the point of the Kickstarter is for us to get just enough money to move out of that space and into a professional like industrial space. Right. Right. Okay. So, I mean, for anybody that's interested, um, anybody that, because one thing that this community does breed is uh, artists. I know running games for me is my artistic, uh, you know, outlet. Um, But if there are people that want to create, how do you get started in something like that? Yeah. Well, um, first you buy a laser. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think, well, so uh, my answer to this is always the same. Um. You just start making things like make something that you love and then make something that like your friend who sits at the table with you loves Mm -hmm. and then find ways to like post that to share it and make more things that like it's it's kind of cool that we live in this like uh, in a world where like we have that feedback through social media like there's a lot of negative with it but we also have the ability to like connect with people and say like well if this was interesting to these two people. Who else is it interesting to and how do I reach out to more people and find more things that they're interested in? Yeah. Uh, but like I'm I'm I guess I'm more on the marketing end of, of the business anyway. So if we're not gonna buy a laser, <laughs> how do you get started? Well, first off, I think that there's just you know, you say how to get started with this, and I think that there is just a lot of honor in being able to create something for your own enjoyment. And I think that um I, I know that I was not raised that way. I was raised with like pr- productivity, efficiency in mind constantly. And so that is just one of my downfalls that I really do end up selling everything that I enjoy. <laughs> um, <laughs> if someone were looking to get started in this, I think that a, the, an important part is you, if you create something, you do actually have to sell it. That's yeah. that's something that I've seen as a creator and when I've been talking to other people's, especially at the smaller conventions, is that they're just so nervous about selling the thing that they made and saying, hey, do you want to buy this? Like putting it in people's hands. Right. Um, I have had a couple of artists actually come up to me and, you know, just like talking about our shared nerddom yes and how wonderful it is and i always ask people about their characters and about 
who they are and what they do. And I actually remember I've had a few people who've come back and been like, hey, you know what? You were really cool. And I make this thing. And this yeah. one woman came back with like these beautiful crocheted potion bottles. They were so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and they worked like they actually could open. And I was like, this is so cool. And I have a bunch of extra D4s from sets that have been broken. I'm going to throw some D4s in here and I'll like, yes, let me have them. I will buy all of them off of you right now. Let's do this. And just telling her like, Hey, you know what? I will 100% support like another female crafter in the nerd community. This is so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Please keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think to go back to one of your earlier points there, I think a lot of people are afraid of selling like, they're stuck to other people of they're afraid of promoting it right because it feels salesy right it feels like disingenuous but the thing that we found is the more genuine we are about like our love of the community and how like and making things that people enjoy the more we like spend time talking to people and then showing off the cool thing that we made the more like the more interested they are and the more we find that like People actually do just want the cool thing that we made. Right. right? If we haven't said enough, go check this out. Um, (laughs) We talk about it a lot um, because we kind of did the same thing. We bought two microphones and we're like, where are we going from here? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We we didn't have a name for a long time. Um, Our logo was actually made by a friend of mine. She retired from the Navy. Um, I'm retired Navy. Uh, She was one of my friends while I was in. um, And she was an artist. She actually drew a comic strip for like four or five years. Um, that was Navy related. I was like, Hey, we got an idea. I need you to draw it for me. And it was a lot of back and forth with her. Um, but I was like, yeah, I was like, here, we're going to, we're going to pay you for your artwork. This is going to transfer to us and this will be our logo. Um, but we were really excited to do something, um, with another artist is like, Hey, yeah, we want to support you and get out there and do stuff. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like go tell people cause it looks great. And everybody we talk to or everybody we see when we're walking around the conventions and stuff, and we, I'll have my ball cap on and they're like, what is that? That's a great design. Or we hand out, like we had the pins and stuff that we had made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You guys got cool pins. Yes. Yeah. Everybody loves the people. So <laughs> like, yeah, I completely understand that. Um, we like having everybody at the table. Uh, the stories get better. Yeah. yeah the role play gets better. It, well, so much better, man. My favorite, like, so I DM three campaigns a week cause I'm insane. Yeah. With you. Um, <laughs> and the thing that I like my absolute favorite among those is like Rose and uh, a couple of her friends and one of my friends from work. It, it's like all women and me, we sit down and they like, they will just go. They go so much harder, so <laughs> much cooler than like than other groups that I've been in. Like it's, I, I don't oh. know. We're Diverse pl- voices, incredible. <clears throat> we're pl- we're playing a strict saving campaign, so it's also is part of us. We're all moms, and so all of us are like, "Yes, we're going back to be in college. This <laughs> right. is going to be so much fun." <laughs> yeah. uh, there was like one whole time. It was uh one of the uh, one of our members, one of our players' birthdays, um, and she's like, "Let's just have a college party." And so it was like the whole the whole thing was just a college party and there was like you know some eldritch demon that crashed at one point we had right, a little bit of right. combat just so that i could take a break but <laughs> you know yeah 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 i love that idea that again it comes back to the role play side of it is like oh, we're all spread out we can't all do it we don't have time for it we'll, we'll make this session work and yeah i yeah. love that yeah, yeah. And, yes and then again like and throw a demon in because fun yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, we're here to roll dice too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. 
Um, guys, uh, really, thanks for coming on and talking to us. Um, I have absolutely loved getting a chance to talk to you again. Is there any anything that we missed or anything that you want to talk to and tell people? No, I, I can't think of anything. I don't know. We make cool stuff. Yes. And <laughs> we sell it on Etsy and a Kickstarter. That's it. Got That's it. all we came on to say. And then talk. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know if this is... Go ahead. Maybe I'm going back a little bit on this, but I really, really, if you're making something, it is good enough to show off. You should be showing it off. You are cool. You, <laughs> listener, are cool. And freaking show us, because it's awesome. Like, we want to see the things you're working on. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, one of my heroes is Kevin Smith, and that's one of the things he talks about. He's like, hey, if you have something, you want to make a podcast? Go make a podcast. That was kind of my inspiration yeah. uh, for starting this. But yeah, exactly. If you have a cool thing you're doing, go do it and show people. I absolutely love that. Um, Rosenick, again, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you? I know we're going to link to the Kickstarter, and we'll yeah. link to the uh, Etsy shop. Do you have any other social media that you want people to look at? Yes, we do. Uh, we have our Instagram is where we post. We try to post uh, mm -hmm. several times a week there. Uh, it's usually interesting stuff. Like uh, we have a mixture of you know memes and products and uh, life events. Um, Rose actually, uh, this is this is entirely aside from the point, but I'm going to share it anyway. Sure. Um, Rose plays roller derby, and uh, really? a couple months ago, we actually got a shot of her, uh, and she did something called an apex jump. <laughs> this is. Like, it's so freaking cool. Like, <laughs> okay, you don't have to be all. Like, no, it's freaking incredible. So basically, they skate in a circle, and she jumped over a part of the circle. Oh, like, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's I, very impressive. Um, so we post, like, that kind of stuff on, on the Instagram, too, occasionally. Like, you know, when we have cool stuff to share, we're going to share it there. But our, our handles everywhere are pretty much just fire with a Y. Yeah, I was going to say. I'll spell that. Yeah. It's, it's F-Y-R-E. F. Y R E A N D A S H E. You were trying to go mystical with that spelling and it just got complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly okay. Uh, people know where to find it now. I know when I was doing the Google search, I misspelled Ash and I was like, this ain't coming up right. And I had to go back and look at the card and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's why, because I missed a letter. Uh, but yeah, so when you guys are looking, make sure you spell that right. Yeah. So. And if we have another piece of advice for people starting out, sure. Make make your thing easy to spell. <laughs> <laughs> make it easy to find, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, thank you again so much for coming on. Um, like I said, we'll get this out um, for the listeners. Uh, if you need uh, something on your table to take to your games that is going to be unique, um, that is definitely going to be eye catching, check out Fire and Ash. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. So a segment we haven't gotten to do in a while that we are always excited about when we get guests on is the Know Your Character segment. Again, we got Rose and Nick here from Fire and Ash, and we asked them if they had a character that they wanted to talk about, and we got a ton of stuff back. So we are going to dig right into that. Rose, I believe they said this is your character, so tell us what is the character name? So this is Lazo Ishara. Uh, she goes by Ishara normally, and she is a druid circle of spores Kalashtar. So she's bonded. So from the Eberron Eberron campaign, world. yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bonded 
to a dream, a quarry dream spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, basically that were refugees from the dream realm and came and bonded with humans and became a new race. But we, we have an evil campaign that we play. Yes. I was reading that in the stuff you sent me. And I think this might be our first character from an evil campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm here for it. Let's yeah. 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 Let's go. Let me tell you something. An evil campaign is a palate cleanser. It is wonderful. To play. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we are talking fifth edition and Eberron, um, which is uh, one of my best friends. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, All right, so we we have to preface this story for you too. Um, our listeners <laughs> have heard it probably a few times. Um, we ran into uh, Keith Baker at PAX. Um, right. So those of you who don't know Keith Baker, he wrote the Eberron setting, um, all that good stuff. Uh, so we were in line for Wild Bill's soda and right. um, we we turned around and Keith Baker standing right behind us. So my brother, being the charming person that he is, just starts chatting with him. Right. Um, found out what his favorite soda was and like apparently they share that in common so now our running joke on our show is that it is his new best friend um, <laughs> we're waiting for the cease and desist order it hasn't come yet so until then that is his new best friend that's right so so we are in the Eberron setting which is a fantastic setting so uh, it's a, yeah it's a crazy world it's so cool it, it, oh it just yeah it's become one of my favorites uh, so Circle of Spores Druid, uh, I believe that was, uh, uh, is that in Tasha's Cauldron yes. of Everything? Yeah. 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 For people to look it up. So what is like, let's talk about what, what are her, I guess, stats? Like what is, what is she good at? What is, what is she not good? I'm assuming she. Yes. Okay. Um, so, um, I, I dumped strength, which has been hilarious a few times <laughs> because she just gets frustrated at things and like tries to kick something and it never works out right. Just completely went off the rails on wisdom, trying to kind of a little bit just min max the druid. Sure, sure. Ness of it, get those spells going. But to balance it, I made her try to be since we're in an evil campaign, I wanted to make an evil character. So what would make her evil? So I balanced going so hard on the wisdom stats that there are some spells that she will not take because of who she is. So she never takes healing spells. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Because she's like, well, okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, you has... gotta get way more into who the character is, I think, before we can explain right. why. So well, yeah, this we're... character, yeah. she is bonded to this quarry spirit and has almost like this hint of a voice in the back of her head that is just, and the whole, the whole race kind of does where they have a voice in the back of their head. That's just kind of always prompting them to like find the light, do good things, be a good person, like fight the darkness by being the light in the world. And she just became so disenchanted with this and I actually haven't played out. I figured I would eventually like play out or work out with my DM. Like what was the event that made her snap basically. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't have one yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she is just over it completely over it. And so, so wanting to just leave. She's, she's an, has an acolyte background, yeah, but has yeah. completely left any, um, religion behind her um 
will step into that, you know, like if they need a place to stay, she can just being a Kalashtar and being recognizable as one work her way into like the church of the silver flame in a couple of different places, but just like personally wants nothing to do with it and is trying to get rid of this quarry spirit that is bonded with her and essentially change her race back to human. So she's trying to create this like, hellscape of a soul in herself to make it completely uninhabitable for this dream spirit so with it being an evil campaign sure um just on the first session like i was trying to piss off the dm so i was asking all the npcs names (laughs) (laughs) um that's that's some like that's some pretty consistent if you want to piss off your dm ask for six more names right yeah like Oh, I met somebody on the street. What's their name? I don't know. I only prepared seven of those. Gosh dang it. Yeah. <laughs> right? we, were, we were like doing this heist thing in a bank and there was a guard and I was like, what's the guard's name? And then I was like, oh, my character wants to know that now. And she's going to look for the name of every single person that she kills and list them. And I've started listing them out as right? a player. Yeah. I have in my little player journal, um, just like, a list of people that I have that, well, that my character has killed and a list of people that she wants to be able to kill. But she just like repeats to herself these, uh, these atrocities that she's committed. And, and she'll, there was this wonderful NPC tiefling who um, had like the Southern accent and would like stroke her horns and help us out and was giving us tips and everything. And, and we were about to leave the area and I was like, hey, um, Oriana, I just need to talk to you in the back really quick and just like ended her. And Hey, y'all, this is how you play the evil campaign. Don't yeah. 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 It's, this is a perfect evil campaign character. Right. But for no other reason than and and it's explained to the table. There is no other reason to do this other than just trying to torture herself. Like, and then she'll repeat the names every once in a while. Like, if I was ever put on watch, then I'll list out the names quietly to myself of all of the people that I've offed. And so we've gotten to the point where the DM is starting to interact with the character more right. as the Dream Quarry and, and like pushing back and being like, hey, you have to stop doing this. Like you're being a terrible person and me just coming out with kind of like, yeah, I know. Right. Like, please fuck off. Right. Like that's the point. Yeah. 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 I yeah. absolutely love that motivation. That is so good. Yeah. Um, well, and in, uh, I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but in Eberron, there's like some like conspiracy backstories mm-hmm. that the original creator of, uh, of the Warforged actually took his soul and bonded it yes. to the to to a Warforged to the Lord of Blades. I don't know if it was specifically the Lord of Blades, but to a Warforged. I think in our world it's hinted that it's the Lord of Blades. Yeah. Um, and and so our DM has actually created an entire cult around the idea because one of our players is a a Warforged, and he. Yeah. His backstory, because I was the DM at first for one of the other campaigns that we were playing in Eberron. So one of the players told me his backstory where he was a paladin and his spirit 
like he had just gotten in too deep and had been off and and then his sister like traded things to be able to get his essence brought back in a warforged right so then there's this whole cult that a couple of the eberron houses are kind of creating right right they're creating like a master race of of warforged with other people's souls in them and that's where they're coming from so it's uh, it's possible that instead of this character becoming like getting rid of the quarry spirit and becoming human that she will just like completely get rid of almost everything about her and become a warforged so i don't that's gonna be that, exciting that would be sweet, <laughs> i was gonna say yeah, yeah. yeah. i yeah i love that uh so yeah so a, a description like what does she look like so uh, I just kind of kept with the very basic Kalashtar. Um, they have, it almost seems like they're almost like a half elf mm-hmm. appearance to them, uh, but without any of the pointed ears. So just like the structure, the bone structure. Like tall, thin. Yeah, tall, like... thin, very solemn people. You know, they have like a second voice in their head. kind yeah, And they yeah. can, can, they have um, telepathic communication even. So they're just like not loud people. Um, I think the one in the book has silver hair, silver white hair. Right, so I was yeah. like, that works because yeah. I also have silver white yeah, hair. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, that fits really well. Yeah, I like it. Um, and carries around a staff uh, just as a druid. Sure. The staff is made out of um, myceliated, myceliated wood. wood, which I looked up is actually like a type of wood that's grown through fungus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And that perfect that circle of spores, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, so just like, oh, and the way she got the, it was a fun story how she got the wood. She like found a box of crackers and that were molding. And I, as soon as the DM said like, oh yeah, that's a moldy box of crackers. I was like, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> I know what to do with the moldy box of crackers. I'll turn it into shillelagh. I'll beat somebody with it. That's great. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. So if she was taken out of this setting and she was used as an NPC, where do you see her fitting in? Um, if someone were to take her and put them as an NPC into their game, it would depend on where she is in her life. Right. Yep. If she, if yeah. she had had that like snap moment yet, um, it, she could be just like a very nonchalant character that they run into. And if they start talking to her, then they realize that this person who looks very normal, who looks very almost religious could be like a doorway into a very dark world Mm -hmm. um, for them. And possibly I could see her being a guide, bringing other people into like this just terrible dark underworld of yeah. crime okay yeah. i think that would be I, she she would bring them in lead them halfway and just be like you guys can figure it out like <laughs> i'm like, done with this your name again oh yeah <laughs> just tell me your name before i leave really quick <laughs> i uh, love that yeah just in case yeah. um if it was beforehand if it was before the snap moment for her then she would be um completely bought into and i think that this bringing her out of the eberron world she could just be an acolyte that is completely bought into right a religion um but with with a few pieces 
that just go a little too far. Like almost like, like a zealot. No, we need, like, yeah, like a, like yeah. a teaspoon of zealot. A te- yeah, a teaspoon of zealot would just be really fun as an NPC. Someone who's just, again, seems super nice, seems normal, but when you start talking to them, and NPCs just get more fun when you start talking to right. them. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but someone where you talk to them more, and she is just a little bit off her rocker and expects too much out of religion and out of herself and out of the people around her, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I, I just want to highlight all the coolest things that I see about Lazo Ashara are basically flaws, right? Like they're all just ways that she is, that she will make the wrong decision in like normal, easy to make places, right? right. Yeah. So I don't know. But that's that's the magic yeah. to making a good character is have one with flaws. And if you want more playtime, if you want the DM to play with you more, make your character more interesting. <laughs> right. So. Give them something to work with. Yeah. 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 I, I like the idea of bringing her into something early where they get to see her pre-snap um, mm. and get, you know, getting like, oh, OK, I know that character, you know, and as then as, you know, the adventurers move on, you know, four or five levels later, they run into her again post-snap um, you know, like maybe run into her in a, like in a tavern or something. We're like, I know this person. And like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. Or, and because that hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. like if someone were to take this character and do that, bring her in, in multiple points where you can see this NPC's story. Yes. Have the snap be something the characters have done yeah. in that campaign. Have that the decisions so... the players have That's made good. ruin an NPC's life. That would just be awesome. I love yeah. that. I love that. Oh, That's, yeah. Uh, That's it, definitely one of my favorite things I did. I had a, I had a bard in one of my campaigns talk a dragon out of like murdering them. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I had it go like burn a whole town that they had like grown to <laughs> right. know and love. And they like showed up and the whole place is just desolated. And I was like, this is because you talked them out of a fight. Uh, yeah. 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 I making PCs make those moral decisions um, is always fun. But I, I, yeah, I absolutely love that idea that, you know, they run into her later and like, wow, she snapped. And it's like, yeah, that's our fault. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. Our bad. Yeah. So, and maybe it was something the players like did make the right choice, but there's consequences. Yeah. yeah. That suck. Yeah. Even if you yeah. do the right thing. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, that is Lazo Ashara, a Kalashar. You can, uh, you can easily move that over to another campaign. Like I said, it is an Eberron, but if you guys are interested, I think you've just gotten plenty of ideas to, uh, you know, delight and torture your party with. <laughs> so, Again, Rose, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And next up, our crowdfunding roundup. So we've got our three projects this week, and we are going to start out with a board game of newly hatched dragons. Yeah, so the project we are looking at is Flame and Fang. Uh, this looks very interesting. It caught my attention. Uh, it looks like a unique take uh, with on their deck building aspect. Uh, it's done by the team at One Stop Co-op Shop. Um, so if you have not seen their content, they have a lot of really cool YouTube videos, uh, game reviews, and things like that. So definitely go check them out. Uh, with this game, 
basically, you are playing as a newly hatched dragon sibling trying to navigate the world with all its um, bad people and struggles and all those sort of things. So with this, um, it's got a few different things. The main mechanic falls under deck building, right? Uh, where you have um, your deck of cards and you move around on the board that will have minions and eventually a boss fight and things like that on it. Um, the one thing that I really thought was interesting with this is the deck building aspect. When you add a card to your deck, you have to remove a card. So that's one thing that not a lot of them do. Um, a lot of your deck builders just keep getting bigger and bigger, um, kind of diluting your deck. The other thing that they have is a aspect selection during your turn. So there are three different aspects you can choose. It's either fight, flight or hunt and those aspects determine what cards you're able to actually play during that turn so the cards that you play have to match up with the aspect that you chose right and those have to do with the resources as well that you're allowed to collect right there are three different kinds of resources that you can get um they there's meat that allows you to draw an extra card. The dragon stone can be used to boost a card um, that lets you take an additional action. And the gold can be used to convert a card to your current aspect. So kind of giving you like a wild. Um, the cards are structured very similar to Gloomhaven, uh, where there is the main action on the top. And then you have another action on the bottom that you can do if you boost the card with that dragon stone. Um, so it, it's really, really interesting. There's also a card prepping mechanism. So your hand is usually six cards, but you can set a card to the side kind of from the previous turn uh, to have it to use later on to kind of build like a combo type thing since you're only allowed to use one aspect per turn. So it's, it's a very interesting mechanism. Um, I've watched a couple videos on it to um, kind of see how to play it and things like that. Um, it's different from a lot of deck builders that I've seen before. Um, so with this, you can do like standalone missions or there's like a full campaign that's going to be with the game. Uh, you can play it solo or it goes up to four players. They only have a short time left. We're looking at like eight days by the time this comes out. Um, but they've met all their goals. So uh, it is funded. They only have three tiers, which uh, I like it uh, when it's nice and easy like that can of course pledge without a reward for $39 you get one physical copy of flame and fang for $99 you get three copies of flame and fang and then for 156 you get five copies yeah uh, so pretty easy figuring out just how many copies of this board game do you want yeah they said they wanted to keep this uh very easy so they could focus on production each of the pledges come with a little mini expansion um, that it's uh, 12 cards that can be used right from the very beginning of the game to kind of change things up. So there's a, they also have flat rate shipping. So it's nine bucks for one copy, 27 for three and 36 for five. Very nice and straightforward. But yeah, this one looks like an interesting game. If you're into deck builders um, and are looking for something that maybe kind of shakes the mold a little bit, um, take a look at this one. Again, it's from the guys over at One Stop Co-op Shop. They do a lot of really cool content. Uh, so I'm excited to see kind of uh, what comes out with this game. All right. Next up, um, we've got Tiny Mini Golf. Now, this is a uh, kind of push your luck print and play. Yeah, so it is a print-and-play roll-and-write. 
is the the genre of it, which we don't really talk about a lot of print and play games. Mm-mm. Um, they're starting to become more popular to kind of keep production costs down. Uh, given the way that Kickstarter has kind of grown to this crazy beast, yeah. it's a very interesting take. Uh, what this one is basically is you have a grid like most roll and writes, um, and you design a little mini golf course on it that you are going to then pass to your neighbor, and they are going to attempt to play the hole uh, using various dice rolls to see um, how their shots go, what happens to them, and all sorts of fun things like that. Uh, the push your luck mechanic comes when you're playing. You begin by selecting how far your ball is going to roll. You know, one, two, three squares, and you pick a direction. Then you roll a die that tells you whether or not it's going to be um, plus that amount, if it's going to be the exact amount that you drew, or what's going to happen. If you overshoot what you had originally drawn, so it adds to it, there's a another die that you roll that determines what actually happens to the ball. Uh, there are various kind of... Um, not really bad stuff, but things that make the ball go kind of crazy or go in a direction where maybe you weren't intending. Yeah. Um, so when you are designing the course, um, you roll these dice and you get obstacles to put in the way, you get sand traps, you get water hazards. So all the fun little mini golf stuff that you get in there. Uh, the fact that makes that this is a print and play keeps the cost down extremely. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, so when when we say print and play too, we're not only talking about just the sheets, um, they also are providing STL files for the dice. So it is a full, like, print everything to play this. That's right. Um, And if you don't feel like uh, printing dice and putting things on them, that's fine. They did make an app for Android that simulates the dice uh, and the the building blocks. Yep. So uh, that is a lot of fun. When we say that they kept the price down, uh, we're not playing. We're not playing. This might be the cheapest, least expensive Kickstarter that we've ever talked about. Uh, the core pledge for this uh, gets you the base game, player sheets, uh, ten custom dice, the rule book, import files for the Android app to simulate the dice, and any stretch goals for non-Android options, um, and extra files dedicated to help craft the box for the game. Uh, and th- you get those immediately. Uh, so those are all delivered electronically. And then you get uh, any unlocked stretch goals, possible updates to the rule book, improvements inspired by the community, or any further development. All that for $4. Yeah. $4. Definitely less than a cup of coffee uh, at most places. Yeah. So some of the stretch goals that they have, as we were talking about this, are um, there's a couple little mini expansions. One of them is for like a solo mode. Uh, There's also um, uh, they're going to make a mini golf companion app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have uh, a couple like pre-built holes as well that are I've been kind of in the the stretch goals. Um, so the next pledge up from that gives you actually the 3D print files for the dice. So it's everything from before the base game pledge, um, and then you do get the print files for two more dollars. So you're looking around six bucks for that. And the next is their final pledge, which is the premium all-in pledge. Which again. It's eleven bucks. I think that's the uh, the least expensive premium all in I've I've seen, um, and you get the portable player sheet, all the three D files for the custom dice, the tiny mini golf base game, uh, and then your premium content, uh, any of the unlocked stretch goals, um, all of the core pledge stretch goals, possible updates to the game, or any of the further uh, inspired community improvements that come along. 
And all that comes in at a whopping eleven dollars. I've played a couple of rolling rights. Uh, like they do really well with like families and stuff when we sat down and played. So uh, and golf enthusiasts uh, might get a kick out of this as well. Uh, definitely go and check this one out um, if you're uh, don't want to spend a lot of money and want to add a new game to the collection. Yeah. So as of time recording, this one is a little bit tight. Um, it has eight days ago. So by the time we put this out, probably about five days left. It is fully funded by a large margin. Um, so it's definitely going to get made. You're going to get your stuff. You're going to be able to play some fancy little roll and write mini golf. Um, so definitely check this one out. Um, like I said, it is not cost prohibitive by any means, uh, but it looks like a fun little roll and write that uh, does something a little bit different. All right. And the last project that we have is a big one. Um, we have talked several times about how much we enjoy Dice Throne. And uh, they did two seasons of Dice Throne, season one, season two. Then they did the Kickstarter for the Avengers Dice Throne, which was an absolute blast. Um, it is a one-on-one, or you can play it you know, two-on-two. There's a King of the Hill version, uh, but it is a kind of a Yahtzee mechanic deck builder where you're battling whoever your opponent is. Um, and we thought, man, Dice Throne is really awesome. And they said, you know what else you need? You need Dice Throne X-Men. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, so in a complete 180 from the previous campaign, uh, this one is crazy. Uh, I, I love the fact that um, these games always come in and you can go all in, you can get wonderful extras you could really bling out your copies like yeah this is this is one you can definitely get in on um we have often talked about our love for dice throne um and we backed the marvel one which was kind of avengers themed at full backing on that one and we have loved it ever since uh we're probably going to be in on this one as well just because it looks fantastic so uh the characters let's start with the base characters that you get with this um, from the X-Men lineup, you get Psylocke, Iceman, Rogue, Gambit, Cyclops, Storm, Jean Grey, and Wolverine. All of them are just iconic X-Men characters, I think. Yep. They, I, I thought they were very, very good choices. Um, of course, you're, you have people who are not happy and wanted their favorite in there. Honestly, I'm just happy to see Gambit getting some love. Right. We talked about that before. We called that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... The artwork, again, looks fantastic. It is in that kind of um, dice thrown style that we see across the board. Um, so, yeah, it looks really, really good. Uh, we also have a special character box. Right. But wait, there's more because, <laughs> I mean, you know, contrary to what he said in the movie, it looks like uh, Colossus has finally convinced Deadpool to join the X-Men. <laughs> I love that this is what this is what we're basing all that off of. <laughs> Right. But yeah, so there is a standalone Deadpool character box um, and it is full of the wonderful shenanigans that we have come to love and expect from Deadpool, um, including a miniature that is. I, I, I've heard a lot of hate towards the miniature. Yeah. Yeah. There has been a lot of people who don't like it. I think it is peak Deadpool. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it basically what it looks like is it's Deadpool in like a clown outfit standing on top of a Deadpool colored ball. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, to me, it, it, it is quintessential Deadpool. Um, there are some hilarious things with the pieces that come with it, um, including like 
Um, you have the picture on your life counter of the Deadpool as a clown. Um, it looks like on, uh, or that, I'm sorry, that's your combat point counter on your life counter. It looks like Deadpool, Deadpool as a cowboy, maybe. No, I think he's, I think that's a, a sun hat. He's laying on the beach. Oh, okay. Deadpool yep. on the beach. Fantastic. All right. Um, and there are some sleeves you can buy, which is like a mini Deadpool coming out of a Deadpool can. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Go check out the Kickstarter. You can see the art. It's fantastic. Um, so that's, that's another part of it. And then there's even more. Uh, we have a new play mode that was announced with this Kickstarter, and that is Dice Throne Missions. So that gives you the opportunity to make Dice Throne a cooperative expand or a cooperative game, much like Dice Throne Adventures did. Um, but again, this is all based in the X Men universe, so uh, it allows for one to four Dice Throne heroes to team up against a host of iconic villains uh, in the Marvel universe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Sinister, Mystique, uh, Super Scrolls, Claw, Doc Ock, Scar, uh, Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, there there are 12 uh, different mission maps that you get to play on uh, and go up against them. You also have allies, Nick Fury, uh, Vision, Iron Man, Black Bolt, War Machine, Squirrel Girl, finally getting some love. (laughs) Uh, Domino, you can play Wong. Uh, Yeah, just... Uh, like again stuff you would expect coming out of this yeah this looks like an exciting little um new addition a new way to play dice throne um i'm interested to see more of the gameplay on it and how it kind of lays out um we like dice throne adventures we have played it a few times Mm -hmm. um this looks kind of like a little more compact um easier to run with way to kind of play cooperatively yeah yeah um, for add-ons as well, you know, there's a there's a dice tray, there's uh, acrylic tokens that you can get. There's also miniatures for all of the heroes, uh, both the X-Men box and the uh, Avengers box. So they're pre-painted miniatures that you can use with like adventures or with the Marvel missions. Yeah, which they look fantastic. Um, you can also get card sleeves, which have the sleeves for each of the heroes, both in the first Marvel Dice Throne and in the X-Men version. Um, there are also um, play mats. My favorite might be Deadpool on a unicorn <laughs> in yeah. front of a rainbow. Um, but all the other characters have their play mats. Um, they look really, really good. Yeah, there's a... There's a couple other things that they introduced. Um, there's a balance kit for a couple of the heroes out of the old, um, the Marvel Avengers Dice Throne set yep. where they kind of rebalanced them. Um, so that helps out a lot. But yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with this Kickstarter and um, all of it is wonderful and fantastic. Let's talk about uh, what has been opened up with the, uh, they call them funding quests. Uh, cute guys. Uh, there's a metal <laughs> token that opens up for Deadpool. Uh, you declare you're a curmudgeon in style with this solid metal curmudgeon token. Um, many of the hero sculpts get upgrades, including like translucent, translucent acrylic effects. Um, there's a new tray. Uh, a new mission was added. Uh, you get the Thor and Miles Morales balance kit. Uh, Green Goblin mission was added. And Professor X and Archangel uh, will join as uh, your uh, allies in the mission set. I mean, again, just adding to it, um, the next 
the next unlock is going to be at $2.5 million. So, I mean, they're shooting big on this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, which currently they are they are sitting at right. I was gonna say they're sitting at two point three million. Yeah. So it is not outside the realm of possibility. Um, we're gonna make our pledge and help get it there uh, here in a little bit. But uh, this is more of what Dice Throne does, and I think what Dice Throne does well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, so all of these, of course, can be played traditional dice throne style, or you can play the co-op version. You can mix and match them with all the other previous sets um, to go against each other. I know that's been some of our fun and exciting things, is matching up some of the Marvel characters with the traditional dice throne characters. So, been a lot of really cool stuff. So, let's talk about the pledge levels. Yeah, because the pledge levels get a little confusing, especially for people that might be new to dice throne. Yep. Uh, So, it starts out with a $25 pledge. If you just love Deadpool and that's all you need in your life to be happy, you get the Deadpool Deluxe Box. You get the playable hero, the painted uh, piece, the 3D piece. You get art sleeves uh, uh, and any other Deadpool reveals that come from the Kickstarter campaign. Yep. Um, so that's for you you lovely Deadpool lovers. Uh, the next pledge that has um, pretty much all the um, Dice Thrones missions content is $60. Um, so it features, you know, all the villains and allies from across the Marvel universe. You get the 12 unique maps, um, and all the mission specific funding quests. Right. And this is the missions. So it is the, uh, the PVE kind of setup, which you can play with the Avengers set or season one or season two. So if you're like, I don't like X-Men, I'm not buying that, but that missions thing sounds cool. You can do that. Yep. I'm going to throw the monk in there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the limited edition X-Men Battle Chest. Um, so this has the big box that has all the different new characters in it, um, with the exception of Deadpool. Yep. Um, and it's got the really cool art on the front that has them all together. It keeps everything nice and neat. Of course, they all have their own trays inside, so you just open it up and slide out the ones you want to play with. So that starts at $99 for that pledge. Next up is kind of where I think we're at and where most people may be, and that is the new gameplay, which is $169. It gives you the limited edition battle chest for the X-Men. It gives you the Dice Throne missions box, and it also gives you the Deadpool expansion, um, which is kind of everything new to play. Yep. Um, And then if you move on from that for $259, you get all of that, plus you can get the Avengers uh, battle chest. Yeah, so the 259 pledge is for those of you who maybe did not get in on the Marvel Dice Throne uh, when it first came out. Maybe you, you're just now seeing it. Um, you can get everything that has been Marvel and Dice Throne up to this point. The next pledge is uh, when we start getting into some serious money, uh, 449, and it is the All New Things pledge. So you get you get the missions box, you get the X-Men, you get Deadpool, you get a dice tray, and then you get all of the um, hero sculpts and token upgrades to go with it. Uh, you don't get any playmats with this one, just to be clear. Um, but yeah, yeah, everything new is uh, is in the box. Yeah, uh, including card sleeves as well, um, which are fantastic. If you want those sleeves that have the same art on them. Um, you also get the token upgrades as well for not only the X-Men version, but also for the original Marvel dice throne. 
Um, so a lot of really, really cool stuff. If you're one to go all in on that. Um, lastly, we have the actual all in pledge, which comes in at five ninety nine. So what you get with this one, you get the Deadpool box, you get the card sleeves, you get the dice tray of both Marvel dice throne and the X-Men dice throne dice tray. You get the hero sculpts from both sets. Uh, you get the battle chest, um, for both the original Marvel and the X-Men. You get the Marvel dice thrones missions. You get the promo packs. Um, across the board for both the Marvel Dice Throne X-Men and missions. You get all your token upgrades as well. So pretty much everything that you could want is right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you like Dice Throne, if you like X-Men, if you want to get into a, a really good game, uh, definitely you need to go check this one out. Yep. So normally in our crowdfunding roundup, we give you three projects and you can go check those out. But today, if you've listened to the show, we had the duo from Fire and Ash, Nick and Rose, on talking about their upcoming Kickstarter that they're doing. And we definitely wanted to throw this in as an honorable mention. By the time you hear this, the Kickstarter will already be live. So this is their second Kickstarter that they've done. The first one they did was for the Hollow Book Dice Tower uh, with the dragon art on it, and they had a couple of modules for it. Uh, they're amping up the game with this one. Uh, they're bringing back the Hollow Book Dice Tower again with some brand new art by Brutal Bohemian. They also have some new modules that you can add in, including a dice vault. Um, they still brought back the, de the deck box. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff. So we've had our Hollow Book Dice Tower that we ordered from her custom at Gen Con that has our meeple on the front. Check out our Instagram again if you haven't seen it. Absolutely beautiful artwork. So this Kickstarter right here, it's going to be live like we already said. If you back within the first 48 hours, you actually get a 10% discount. So this is one you don't want to hang out on. Definitely go check it out. Um, as we kind of talked with them listening to the rest of the episode, this is going to be the talk of your table, right? When you show up with one of these, everyone is going to ooh and ah and want to get one for themselves. So now's your chance to get one at this awesome Kickstarter price. Right. They talk about the items that they make, telling a story, just like when you're sitting at the table. And believe me, this is going to be an eye catcher at any table you go to. Absolutely. So... Don't wait. Right now, go check out the Kickstarter. We have our very own link that they sent us, so please, by all means, use that. Um, take a look at it. If it's something that you want at your gaming table, back quickly because you'll get that extra 10% off for backing within the 48 hours. The link will be in our show notes, and we'll also have it posted on our Facebook and our Instagram. All right. And as the next round begins, the Loveland Frog has been defeated, but the Skunk Ape and the boss, the Mothman, remain. First off the initiative deck is the Skunk Ape, who moves towards Nikola Tesla and attacks. But Tesla is ready and defends. The Skunk Ape's after combat action moves his card to the bottom of the initiative deck. We'll see him again this round. Next, Tesla performs a ranged attack on the Mothman. With both coils charged, he does 7 damage, and the Mothman has to defend. He flips his card, and the Mothman defends too, taking 5 damage. Next up is Annie Christmas, but her sidekick Charlie is going to make the attack, firing his pistol at the Mothman from range. The shot does five damage, and the Mothman flips his card. It's his deception card, and no damage is defended. The Mothman goes down, and our heroes have triumphed. For the Dapper Meeple, I'm Jim. And I'm Josh. Good night, everyone.
Thanks, everyone, for sticking around and listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, let me ask you a favor. Follow us and leave us a like wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out. And if you have anything to say back to us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for The Dapper Meeple. On Twitter, our handle is at The Dapper Meeple, or email us at dappermeeplegaming at gmail.com. And as always, we'll save you a seat at the table. <laughs>